Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Today's episode is called Take Back Your Family. Welcome back. Chris and Melissa Smith here, creators of familybrand.com. And we are really excited about today's episode. In fact, we're just getting started with our podcast. We've already shot three episodes and then we had a conversation like, oh, we have to shoot like to take back your family episode. How did we not do this one (laughs) first? Like this one should have been first because I feel like the stuff that we're going to talk about in this episode is really foundational to everything that we believe and that we want to bring to you in our podcast. Yeah. And so this idea of, you know, creating the family that you want and raising your children to know who they are, love who they are and believe in who they are and giving your children the gift of a last name that stands for something is much easier to do or even possible if you've really taken back your family. And so, yeah, what do we mean when we say this idea of like, take back your family, right? Like, what are we talking about? And so for me, one of the things that that I believe is that our family, your family, that it is the source. And what I mean by the source is that I think it's really easy as a parent myself, especially in the world we live in today with, that is just so fast paced and so much noise, I think it's easy to outsource sometimes my children's growth and development to like other things. Like it's really, it'd be really easy for me to outsource their spirituality to a church or to a religion. It'd be really easy to outsource their health to the healthcare system or outsource their learning to, you know, schools. But what if, what if our homes were the source for learning growth spirituality, connection, and identity. And that doesn't mean that like there's this heaviness that we're 100% responsible for all of it and there's no help. But I think when we take back our family, part of it is looking at like our family is the source for growth and learning and connection. And there's amazing supplements to the source. Yeah. And I think uh, just one thing I would want to point out is that we're not saying that any of those things are innately bad, like religion or spirituality. Healthcare, schools. Yeah. Um, I think what we're saying is that it's not just to, you know, send your kids someplace and wash your hands of whatever's happening there, whether that's school, religion, like I said, all those other, all those other things, just having an active role in all of it. Well, I even think sometimes like all all the things we mentioned are kind of outside the home, but there's even like things we're going to talk about on this episode of taking back your family inside your home. It's really easy sometimes to outsource my kids to technology and devices. I'm like, you know what? Just go get on a device like for a few hours, please. please, so I can have some, you know, and there's a time and place for that as well. But just this idea of taking back your your family is that, yeah, like we have an opportunity to make a massive difference in our families. I also think that there's this increased pressure in the world that's just going to continue to be. And that is, we've heard from lots of families, lots of parents that it's really easy at times to feel like you don't know what's best for your family. And there's influences sometimes that want us to believe like, Oh yeah, you you don't know what's best for your family. You need to rely on other things. And we're going to, we're going to talk about that. So there's really three, um, the three ways or the three areas that we want to talk about in this episode to take back your family are clarity, 
trust, and belief. And we'll just kind of go into each of these one at a time because for us, this is these are the things that we've identified that have really allowed us to take back our family and are still attempting to take back our family all yeah. the time. You're always revisiting revisiting these these things, you know, so, some time passes and you forget and you're like, oh, we got to dial it in again. It's always a journey. So the first one, clarity is about deciding and getting clear on what is most important to you as a family. This is like the bottom line, like <laughs> foundational to everything. Yeah. What you have to, you have to be clear on that. Yeah. Like I think of the, um, um, is it Alice in Wonderland? Yeah. When she comes to the fork in the road mm-hmm. and she's like, well, which path do I go down? And the is it the Cheshire cats? Like, well, where do you want to go? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, then any path will do. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. And to me that that's the essence of clarity. And, and you know, what's interesting is like clarity is actually kind of confronting tough, hard work. Like I would almost rather do anything than have to get clear because <laughs> mm-hmm. it just, it's a process. And I have to really think like, ah, well, it's a big question. What do I want to create as a family? And what do I want most? And what's most important? And then you're held accountable. Like once you decide yeah. there's some accountability built in. The cool thing about that is clarity does promote accountability and a lack of clarity promotes a lack of accountability. But if we can start to get clear on what it is we really want, like I've always said that clarity is the the gateway or the path into intentionality. And it's like anything in my life. Like if I ever get clear about something, I, there's a significantly increased likelihood I start to become more intentional about it just by virtue of getting clear on what I want. Like mm-hmm. if I get clear on what I want around my health, I start to probably take my health more serious. If I get clear on what I want out of something in my business, like processes and systems, I start to become more intentional. And you know, like you said, Melissa, it's like the foundation it starts with like, what is it? And so some great questions really are that we started posing to ourselves at a point in time where we didn't feel like we were completely in control with our family or like we were kind of being run by so many different things. But some of those questions were like, what do we want to create as a family? Like if anything was possible, like no limitations, like what would we want to create? And I think another question for us was what's most important to us as a family? And it's really cool because you're, you're, children will have opinions on Mm -hmm. what's most important to the family and what they want to create. The other question I love is what do we, you know, if someone else was talking about our family, what would they say? Oh yeah. The Smiths are known for what, like, what would you want your family to be known for? I love that question. Um, And one other thing I want to bring up here under clarity is I think right now in this, this time when we live in, we've talked to so many families when we ask them like, what is one of the biggest challenges facing families? They say, oh, it's just like just being so busy that you don't take the time to get clear. It's just, it's like opportunity overload. There's so many things you could just stay busy all the time, but never actually get clear on if that's the things you really want to be doing. Yeah. Like, are we doing those things because really aligns with us? Like it really aligns with what we've gotten clear on that's most important to us? Mm -hmm. Or is it we're doing it because, well, you're supposed to have each child signed up for five activities or, you know, whatever it is, like the things you're supposed to do and you should do versus, well, what really aligns with our family? Yeah. And I think taking back your family in this context is exactly that. It's getting taking back from just that, that busyness and all these opportunities and deciding which opportunities are we actually going to, to take and to have. And it can, and what's cool about this is if, if you're in this conversation on a regular basis, which we, we strive to be, it can change with the seasons. You know, I literally, I remember one year around the holidays and that mm-hmm. season, Melissa came to me and was like, I used to love the holidays because it was actually a time to like slow down and not be so focused on the busyness of life and just enjoy the holidays. And now as our kids get older and 
like we have more activities with them and then family things. It's like, I'm more stressed and more busy and scheduled in the holidays than I ever am. And I don't like it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. And it, I don't think it works for our family. So we just, it causes us to get clear on like, yeah, what's most important to us as a family around the holidays. Yeah. And maybe there were some traditions we were going to leave out that year, or maybe, you know, there's just better preparation beforehand, but whatever it is, I was clear that that's not, I didn't want to feel that during the holiday season. Yeah. In order, I think, to start taking a stand for your family is getting clear. But I also remember that at the end of that year, going into the next year, we always try to come up with a word of for the year for our family, which we'll do an episode on because it's a really cool, you know, fun thing that we do. Um, but we came up with a question that year and we're like, okay, we're going to ask every time this next year we get invited to something or we have the idea to do something, we're going to ask a question first. Does it promote peace? Peace in our home. Yeah. Like basically, basically another way of saying is like, does this like work with our family? It was amazing how many things we chose not to do that had we just not had that simple question, we'd have just done them again because just life's so busy and there's so much noise, you just get pulled into things. Yeah, you just say yes to everything. So another good tip might be for you as a family, like when you start to think about these questions of what do we want most as a family and what's most important to us, what do we want to create is a question that you could ask yourselves to maybe kind of like, because it's not a matter of if you're going to get out of alignment or get off course, it's just when and how often. But that question kind of was able to like bring us back on. So Melissa, one of the things we've talked about though is like, why don't and why haven't we sometimes gotten clear? Like what keeps us from like- From getting clear? Yeah. There's, um, Chris had a mentor that that taught him this principle once. And whenever I think about it, I feel like it's so true. He said, most people, they're not ever in enough pain or enough curiosity to take a look at their life in this way. Like it's not, they're not motivated enough unless there's so much pain in their life. And maybe that's, we're probably usually talking like emotional pain or just turmoil that they're not willing to do something different. You, everyone just stays kind of right in the middle, just not not quite enough to like make a change. But if you ever hit those two things that you're in enough pain or just enough curiosity, then you will, you will start to do it. Yeah, you'll start to get clear. And we've identified there's plenty of times in years in our marriage where, yeah, we were just right in the middle of those two. We weren't quite curious enough around what we wanted and what could be possible. Mm-hmm. And we weren't in enough pain to do something about it. So it was just easy just to kind of stay there. And I think... <laughs> I think in our situation, we were really, really curious because of how much pain we were in. So we had we had a little bit of both. But I think some things for us that when we first started talking about this, you know, things that were important to us. Um, we have here like you know, time outdoors, things um, to get clear on. Yeah, yeah, things that you could get clear on, like sports. Like how how many sports do we want to have our our children in? Like and and, and what seasons? Um, how much time do we want to spend outdoors? Like, well, what, how do we view education? It was really important to us. We got really clear that one of the things that was important to us was creating a home that we wanted to spend more time outside of than inside, you know, by creating property that just really worked for us. Um, getting out of debt was like something that we got really clear on that mm-hmm. like that was, and that one decision, by the way, like for that, I, that, that we've talked about the commitment to that and just being way more responsible with our finances had a steamroll effect into so many other areas of our lives just by getting clear on that one thing. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. So that's um, another thing that, you know, we've we've talked about before is that when you start to get clear on these things, you can actually create what we call a connection blueprint. Like when you start to get clear on what works for your family, what aligns for your family, what you want to create as a family, there's this thing you can create called the connection blueprint that that we share in, in in our online course. And the connection blueprint is it's basically like, Hey, here, here, these are all the things that has our family really be connected. So it's almost kind of like, um, just a map, 
like a blueprint that you can follow. Yeah. One other, a couple other suggestions, you know, <laughs> that you might consider getting clear on are what type of maybe vacations you take, what type of service do you do as a family? What type of organizations do you support? How much time we spend together as a family? Um, how we feel about technology and devices. Are they always allowed in the home at any time? Are they allowed at the table? Are they not allowed at the dinner table? How many meals do we eat together? Yeah, how many meals do we eat together? That was another thing that I think I remember we got really clear on like, you know, how many meals. So just that the clarity is a huge piece. And then I think the second piece, trust, is actually, I know for us that the minute we start to get clear on something that really we think matters to us and our family and our children, all of a sudden these doubts come up like, wow, yeah, but you can't, you're not like, smart enough to homeschool your kids. Or like, you know, one of the things we got really clear on as a family was it was important, not just for me to start a business, it was important to our family. Like we sat down and talked about it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I, I want to start this business. How do you guys feel about it? It would take some sacrifice. And that was important to us. And then the minute I decided to start my business, all this, you know, limiting beliefs, like, ah, you probably can't really, you don't really don't have what it takes. To. And so that's trust, like the second one of trusting your intuition, like that you really do know what's best for your family. And I think there will be, you know, if you, if you're just, you know, say you start researching for half a minute, anything like, say you did feel called to homeschool, you started reaching for half a minute about homeschooling. There's going to be people that have opinions on how you should homeschool and if you should, and if you shouldn't, and it, it would be so easy to just take, you know, the expert with that's most convincing and believe them. But we really want to draw out here that, you know, they, these people they could be, they may be experts, but that you are the expert for your family and what is best for your family. Yeah. Like you can really trust that you know what's best for your family. And that doesn't mean that actually you have all the answers. So knowing what's best for your family and having all the answers are, can be different okay. things. Yeah. But it's just amazing. Like when the pandemic hit and people knowing that Melissa homeschooled, how many women that would talk to Melissa and say like, oh, I could never homeschool my children. I don't know how. I'm not smart enough. I'm not qualified enough don't have the patience. That was always a big one. But then yet you, we would hear from moms sometimes they're like, I'm sitting next to my eight-year-old all day long in online school. I have to sit there for like seven hours. And Melissa and I are like, it'd be way easier for you to homeschool. <laughs> like you, <laughs> you could actually, that would be easier. You, you'd be happier. Your child would be happier. They'd probably get more out of it. But it's just this like trusting your intuition that like you are the expert for your family and you, and you totally like know what's best for your family. And I love that you said that you maybe don't have the answers, but you know how to find the answers. You can use your resources and you can do that. But it's really easy. Like we said earlier, kind of this is that idea of like being the source. Mm -hmm. It's like sometimes it's way easier just to defer to the experts or to people that know more than we do. And we definitely want to seek out advice. We definitely want to lean on other resources. I always thought it was interesting what you would say about when you were working in the pediatric ER. Yeah, there would be. So I spent, um, I practiced nursing for like 10 years and seven of those years I spent in the um, a pediatric emergency room. And like on so many occasions, a parent would come in with a sick child and, you know, maybe they just knew something wasn't right. And maybe the answers that we gave them as the medical prof- professionals didn't match up with what they felt quite right with what they felt was wrong. And I would say every single time you know, when the parent had like an intuition about their child, they were always right. You know, we as the, the medical experts sometimes couldn't even see it, but I really do like from that experience, totally believe in like a mother's intuition, parent's intuition about what, what is best for their child. Yeah. And, and again, they weren't coming there like, Hey, we have this intuition and we have all the answers. Yeah. It was like, I just, and I think you even said, you heard a couple of stories about 
they had actually been to a specialist or an expert who had said, oh, yeah, like everything's fine. Their intuition was just like, no. Yes. And they would bring them in and something would be yeah. serious. So I always, I always tell, you know, if I'm talking to moms or dads, I'm like, oh, yeah, trust yourself. I think another one for us is um, our second oldest son, Tanner. He had this um, growth, I guess you could say, that came on his gums, on his top teeth. Yeah, like little tumors that kept coming back. Well, in the first one, we thought it was just him and his brother had been wrestling and hit his mouth on the bed. And we thought it was just like a little like just needed to be drained. Yeah. Um, And the oral surgeon went to cut into it to drain it. And it's like, came out and told us like, Hey, that's, that, that was hard. We removed it, but it was a tumor. So we were kind of, we were nervous. And then it came back like nothing, you know, no problems. Everything was fine. But six months to the day, it grew back again, had it cut out six months, almost to the day, grew back again, had it cut out. Mm-hmm. And the oral surgeon was like, Hey, look, we can't just keep cutting this out. Like he's not going to have anything left of his gums. And so, you know, really awesome um, oral surgeon and, you know, whoever gave an amazing recommendation, like let's do some antibiotics, some medications, inject it with steroids. And, you know, we both, Melissa especially, just had this intuition, like, I just don't know that we're ready to do that yet. And at the time, I had just started working with some really amazing um, holistic alternative healthcare practitioners with my business. And one of them was in town, actually, right around this time, doing a workshop with me. And I told her about Tanner, and she said, bring him down to the office. And so she muscle tested him and just made some recommendations immediately, like, take him off dairy, take him off eggs. And then another, you know, uh, integrated pediatrician who's a client of mine recommended some supplements. And then I also took them to someone else because that client was just in town for a day or so. And I was like, well, I kind of want to establish care with someone closer to home. So I, I even took him to another provider who even went a little bit further and was asking me like, hey, did he ever have an instance where he had a lot of fillings or a lot of dental care done at once? And I was like, actually, yes, like don't judge, but <laughs> he had had like eight fillings done yet in one day once. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, Oh, that was a rat. That was like immediately before these things started happening. And he was like, that could be, you know, some heavy metal toxicity related to all those fillings. And anyway, so we just went down a different path than had originally been prescribed for us and they haven't grown back and it's been a few, few years. years now. Yeah. yeah. But I look back in that situation, it would have been so easy because this oral surgeon was amazing. Like he'd mm-hmm. taken care of Tanner three times. We trusted him and it would just, it would have just been easy to be like, okay, like that's the, so I don't ever want to also paint this picture that we don't trust people, but it's it's trusting your intuition along with, you know, whatever information. And I just, I love that Melissa always talks about this idea of like, yeah, you have intuition, like you are the best expert for your family. And then I think the third one then is, is belief. So it's, you get clear on what it is you want most for your family. You have, you trust your intuition to actually like make those decisions. And then just like belief in yourself that you really can do it. Like you really can create if one of the things that aligns for you is to have a business and that's going to be great for your family, like you can create a business if it aligns with you. See, I'm also like, you, we might have some people listening is like, but I don't want to homeschool my children. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to start a business. Totally fine. I totally respect that. I'm, I think I'm talking more in the situations where we hear from families a lot. Or I've, I've heard even more, or you've heard more than me, but moms who are like, no, I would love to homeschool my children or I'd love to do something more. I just don't think I can do it. Yeah. Or the number of people I've heard, you know, families like, oh, I'd love to start a business and be able to do more with our family and like live our like lives on our terms and create our own schedules. But I just, I couldn't start a business. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of like that third thing, part of taking back your family is believing that you can create the family you want. You can live life on your terms. And this one, it might be the hardest one, actually. <laughs> yeah. Continually um, holding that belief. And yeah, because every day it'll be like, 
you'll be reminded like maybe I, can I do this? Can we, can we, you know, whatever it is, your thing is, can we eat dinner together as a family every night? I don't know. We have so many varied schedules, but like just continue to have that vision of, you know, the connected family at the dinner table or whatever it may be. Yeah. And I think one of the things that stops a lot of families that stopped us for a long time is I think even times where we started initially getting clear on what we wanted most and then maybe, maybe even trusting our intuition, but then we'd get to this place and we'd be of like, how, how would we do it? And I talk about this a lot in my business. Like the how has killed more dreams and ideas and possibilities than almost anything because we get really clear on something that we really want in our lives and our families for our children. And then the first thing that pops up for most of us is like, I don't know how to do it. And then it just kills the possibility. So I just won't do it. Yeah, I just won't do it. I don't know how. <laughs> and then we, you know, that we go to scarcity instead of abundance. But the reality is the how never matters. It never has. If anyone ever knew how to do what they were going to do before they were going to do it, then there wouldn't be any challenge. Like no one knows how. The, the question isn't the how. The question is like commitment. Like, am I committed to this? Yeah, then you'll figure it out. Like one of my good friends, Brad Martin, who always says the map appears when the car's in motion. And Melissa shared with me a podcast one time that a woman shared something around this topic of a lot of people when they say they don't know how to do something, right? So it's like this belief, I don't, I, I don't know how to do it. It's actually not true. And they don't even realize it. But what they're really saying is it mm-hmm. scares me. But she talked about how saying I don't know how isn't powerful because that's your only option. But if you say, yeah, I'm really, I'm really afraid to start my own business. I'm really scared to homeschool my children. I'm really nervous to go on this like two-week road trip as a family. That's fine because saying you're nervous or afraid or scared, that's actually powerful because it's just acknowledging how you feel and then there's still possibility you can do something about it. Mm-hmm. But whereas if you're just limiting it to I don't know how, that it just shuts it down. Yeah, that is your right answer. So, so again, clarity, getting clear on what it is you want most, trusting your intuition to actually know how to do it in this case, but not knowing, like you won't know how right off, but that is part of that intuition. It's like, you do know how to homeschool your children and you may not know like all the answers. You may not know the math exactly, but you know how to find yeah. someone that does. And you know how to start a business. You might be like, no, Chris, I really don't. It's like, <laughs> no, but you do. It's in there. If you start you're just taking the steps right towards it, that's that intuition. And then it's just this, this belief, like, and one of the things that I think helped my belief is that we did it as a family. Like it wasn't just me with these secret, like desires and dreams that I was just like, okay, I hope I can do this. I like shared with Melissa and the kids and they shared with me and we talked, we had a creation list that we had up, you know, we did, I remember the first year we did vision boards and dream boards around this. And it was like, it was out there for all of us to see, like, and that I think that collective belief as a family helped. Yeah, this is this is fun. I like talking about, you know, families dreaming together and creating together because I think that's something that in a lot of cases we just like turn off. You know, we maybe have like future goals and dreams eventually, but just this act of actively dreaming together. It's really fun. I also think what a powerful message to send to our children. You know, like what if one of one of the things we could do for our children is to help them get clear you know, at the various stages they're at in their life, like, Hey, what's most important to you right now in your life? Right? Like, what do you, what do you want to create? And then building in them like the trust, like, Oh yeah, you, 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 you can do that. Like, you know how, or you know how to do that. And then, you know, breathing possibility into them, like into their breathing possibility into their dreams and life into their dreams. Like, Oh yeah, you totally can. Another mentor of mine at the time I hated it. Now I really appreciate it, but he would never give me the answers. Any question I ever had, instead of answering it, he would answer it with a question. And like, well, what aligns for you? And he taught me the power of never giving your children the answers. 
And so I've really tried to do that. Not perfect at it. But I knew I was making some headway when our oldest son, Tate, about a year ago says, okay, dad, I'm going to ask you a question. I already know what you're going to say. You're going to say, just do it alliance for you, son. (laughs) But I want you to just to give me an answer. And so, but I think it's like what I want. And I don't know if I'm doing quote unquote the right thing or not, but I just, I want him to trust that when he has things that he's dealing with in life, like, it's like, you don't need to ask me. You can ask me and I can give you my thoughts. My, But ultimately, like, you can trust your intuition. Give, give an example, like a concrete example. So one time Tate, and this one made Melissa really nervous. I don't know if she remember this one. And it was about a project at school. Oh, I remember. <laughs> about the turkey. Yep. So Tate was really worked up, like uncharacteristically so about this turkey project that he didn't want to do. And it was around Thanksgiving and they had to like, I, don't, I can't even remember, make a turkey and color it. And Turn like, a pumpkin into a turkey. Yeah. And like, like write some stuff about it. And he was just like really worked up about this. And he was just like, he was just, Melissa was in the kitchen making dinner. I'm out. I'm in the living room talking to him on the couch. We're kind of all in one big room. And he was just talking, talking, talking. I was like, well, what if you just didn't do the assignment? And he looked at me like, what? What? And I could feel Melissa looking at me from the kitchen. I also looked at you like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, what do you mean? What do I mean? It's just, what if you just didn't do the assignment? He's like, I have to do the assignment. And I was like, oh, really? Like, who said you have to? And he kind of sat there for a second. He's like, well, you you and mom in the school? And I was like, have you ever heard me or mom say you have to do any assignment? He's like, no. Does your school say you have to do He's like, no. And I was like, yeah. So like, what if you just didn't do it? And he's like, well, I'd get a bad grade. And I said, well, why are, I said, why is that bad? He's like, well, I don't know. I said, why is it important you to get good grades? He's like, well, cause you're supposed to. And so, but it just, it was just this conversation that allowed him to be like, there's a lot of things around this that are should and supposed to, like you're supposed to do it. You have to do it. You should get a good grade. And then, then I just said, hey, Tate, like, you just have to know, like, I think I even said me and your mom, which made Melissa even more nervous. I was like, we don't care what kind of grades you get. And I think, again, Melissa was like <laughs> glaring at me from the kitchen. And I was like, we care what kind of person you are. Now, if getting good grades is important to you and like and meaningful, then I'll support that. But like, you have a choice in this and you can trust your intuition. Like, you can trust your decision, whatever decision you make. Yeah. And and you didn't give him the answer to be like, I mean, you you kind of guided him someplace but it wasn't like hey you have i want you to do this assignment or it wasn't like don't do the assignment it was kind of you position different questions to him and let him ultimately decide what he wanted to do yeah and i wasn't 100 percent confident by the way in my approach like <laughs> it's one big experiment you know because there's a part of me that just wants to be like take it's a turkey project dude suck it up and do it right like that's or there's part of me that kind of is like dude just don't do it like i can i can see myself on either of the extremes and I think I can't remember, but I think ultimately he he went and did the math and figured out like if he did a, if he got a C. There's like specific rubric that if you if you did this amount of work, you would get a C. And so he was like, I'm comfortable doing this amount of work, and he got a C. Because but but he also realized that if he got a C, he would still have an A. Like he yeah, he thought he it thought through it in his there. overall grade, mm-hmm. and it totally aligned with him. And like the stress was gone. He never and he totally he he knocked it out and like. A day or two after stressing about it. And it was hideous. <laughs> you got to see. You deserved a C. Probably deserved a D. <laughs> and I, I just, and I know that I have way more stories where I don't do that. 
than I do. So I, I want to make that clear. Like I, I can, I know there's times where I don't create the space for my kids to actually get clear on what they want. I'm the one deciding what they want. Mm-hmm. And I don't give my children the space to trust their intuition. Even little things like Melissa and I talk about this is a hard one for us, but it's like, Melissa's always like, I buy her little, I buy her girls the cutest clothes and the cutest outfits. And then they just want to wear like their older brother's like old gym shorts. I'm like, and underwear. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> you know, so it's like this fine line of like letting them trust that like decision or what, you know? Yeah. But I think if we can create space to help our kids get clear on what they want, really encourage them to trust their intuition and then really believe in themselves. Cause I think, I think of all of those as it's occurring to me now, I think the one that's just harder and harder with the noise in the world is like, is trusting your intuition. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I don't know. I need my parents to decide, or I don't know. I need someone else to decide. We wanted to, we wanted to also just give a few, a few extra little nuggets here that we, on our journey of, on our journey of this, that we have found have been helpful to us. We wanted to share those with you. Um, the first one is, is when you start to take back your family, as we're calling it, there will be people that will have opinions and they will voice those opinions to you, whether it's like out of concern or jealousy or whatever it is, they <laughs> will start to present themselves to you. So just a couple of examples that we've had with that. So I've, I've done a home birth before um, with Ivy, our third. And when, which I would say, what is this exact process? You got really clear that like, that was important to you. Yeah. And you really trusted your intuition, even though it was like, and you believed in like that you could totally do it. Yeah. It felt, it felt what was right for her delivery. Yeah, it really did. But people undoubtedly were like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe you're doing that. There's this like funny comedic skit that's about home birth. And it's like, don't you care about your child? Like if you're giving home birth, having a home birth. Yeah. Clearly if you're having a home birth, you aren't concerned whether or not your baby lives. <laughs> like, but I heard some of the feedback and stuff to Melissa and it wasn't far off from that. I'd be like, wow, I can't believe you're like voicing your opinion when no one asked for it. <laughs> but I mean, and it was fine, but I'm like, okay, these are this, this, but that's their insecurities or whatever it is. Yeah. Or maybe their life experience have led them to believe that this isn't a good option for you or whatever it is. Um, when we, we are moving to Hawaii. Um, and when we voiced that, there was people that it was so interesting. Some people would be so excited about the idea. And then there would be other people that would be like, why? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do over there? Yeah. Or Chris had someone that was like, what are you going to do? No, this was, it was similar, but different, but they're like, we were going to go on a longer vacation for the summer, for the summer. Yeah. We like to leave for as long as we can to get out of the heat of Arizona during the summers. But someone told Chris, they're like, but what do you do with your mail? <laughs> like, I, was like <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> but just like those little things that would hold someone back from making a decision. People are not afraid to voice them. I think there's that. What's that story? Is that the crabs in the bucket? It's hard for them to get out because like they have, they'll pull each other back in. Yeah. And it's like, but I also think that when you start sharing with people, what it is you want most in your family and what you're committed to and like taking back your family and the people that speak life and possibility into that, that's a clue. Like those are the people that you want to keep surrounding yourself with. Yeah. The people that keep trying to drag you back down in the bucket are like, oh, I would never do that. That's irresponsible or I just kind of like, but, but I will say like, that's going to happen. Like the more, the more you really take a stand for your family, get clear on what you want and go create it. Yeah. That, that might happen. And don't let it throw you off. Like of what you know is most important to your family and your belief that you can do it. Yeah. Chris and I were laughing the other day. Again, we told someone we were moving to Hawaii and they were like, Oh, okay. 
<laughs> and we were like, oh, I don't know what that's about, but <laughs> come visit. <laughs> Another thing that I think keeps that has kept us at times from like not taking action on things that we knew we wanted as a family is comparison. Mm-hmm. Like it was, or would have us do things that we didn't even really want to do that we thought we did. And, and so it's just, you know, we've all heard this, but like, yeah, just don't compare your family to other families. Don't compare your children to other children. Like you're like, I think it's incredibly important to look at other families and look at other children and be inspired by that, but not, not from a place of comparison because your life is going to look different than others. Totally. And I think it's important. We kind of mentioned this earlier, but just to continue to remind yourselves, you know, of what it is, why it is you're doing this, what it is you're wanting to create. Cause it's easy to fall back into, you know, your old habits. So you've probably been your habits for forever and it's easy to fall back into them, but just keeping, you know, maybe you set up a reoccurring time, like every Sunday, you know, we revisit, we revisit this conversation or whatever it is to keep, to keep this fresh. So you just, are continually elevating where you want to go. Yeah. And I would say it, it gets to a point eventually where it's kind of a habit. Like it takes some effort and then eventually it's like, it's hard not to talk about, Hey, what do we want to create as a family? And not that we're always creating all of it, you know, simultaneously, but, and then I would say the last, the last thing that I would like to share is I think, I don't think there's a coincidence that around the time that we started to really take action on things that we want most as a family and more make more, our family more of our, like the source for us, had a lot to do with like the language we spoke, like this language of like creation and possibility and belief and like uplifting rather than language of like how oh, we can't do it and we'll never be able to do it and comparing ourselves to other people. And so I think, you know, this episode that we've, we've already shot about language that, you know, your language matters and the type of language that you use is either leading you more t- towards more of what you and your family want or, or away from it. And so, yeah, what would be our big takeaway? For families, unless something they could do, like they could go implement right now. Well, I want to say one more thing before we talk about that. Um, The last thing that I would want to say is also this conversation about being 100% responsible, Mm. which is we love having this conversation with ourselves. Well, love, hate (laughs) and with our kids. But wherever wherever you are in your life, that you are 100% responsible for for that whether that's good, whether that's, whether that's bad. And it's not, I'm not saying this to, you know, you take all the glory if something's good, not at all, but just accepting responsibility for what has happened in your life and knowing that you can change that, that you can make it what you want it to be. Yeah. I think for a long time. Yeah. We thought like victims for sure around everything, money, relationships, like, Mm -hmm. so yeah, really being like uh, being hundred percent responsible. Yeah, really, again, the thing I would just like to say in closing is, you, yeah, just you really can create what you want as a family. Like, it's so fun and important to dream together. Yeah, and that would be that would be the last, our last parting thing we would say would be to do just that. Maybe sit down, whether that's with, you know, if you're married with your spouse, um, if you're a single parent, just make the time to do it and sit down and get clear on some of those some of those things that we talked about in that in the beginning of the podcast. And I'm sure there's more areas of your life you may want to include getting clear on, but just really taking the time to do that. And then from there, you know, anything is, anything is possible. So what we would challenge you to do, and we'd love to hear from, from you, uh, for those of you who did this, what the experience is like, but again, by yourself or as, as a couple or with your children to start by really that first 
that first step of clarity and just asking like, yeah, what, what is most important to us as a family? What do we want to create as a family? What are we committed to? Just some of those clarifying questions. And yeah, I promise you that just by asking those questions without even having a big plan in place or any kind of vision board or anything, just by asking the questions, it'll start to change like things in your life and your family. Can't wait to see you on the next episode. Hey there, thanks for listening to today's episode. To show our appreciation, we want to offer you a free gift. We have an incredible online course you can get now by going to familybrand.com or by following the link in the show notes. And while you're there at familybrand.com, be sure to follow us on social media so that we can go on this journey together. Lastly, if this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you share it with another powerful family in your life and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. We will see you in the next episode.